0: L.A.S. The L.A.S. Podcast Network is an independent network of local creators based in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. From One Dad to Another is brought to you by... I'm Alex Schulte. And I'm Jake Trumper. And this is the promo for our brand new podcast, One Word Stories. Where we take one word. Like fear. That's kind of dark. Or spaghetti. Well, I don't know if we're going to do an entire episode about spaghetti. Are you hooked yet? I hope so. Whoa. I just just noticed noticed that that we we keep speaking in unison. How do we stop? Oh, wow. It's, it's still happening. happening! Okay, what just happened? I don't know. It's like we've been spending way too much time together and we're starting to finish each other's... I quit. What? I just don't get it. What's not to get? So I just get one word and talk about it? Who cares? I care. Give me a word. Middle school. That's two words. You get the gist. Of- okay, one time in middle school, a girl hid in the bathroom during the school dance specifically so I wouldn't have to ask her to dance with me. Okay, I'm starting to understand why you didn't want to do this. One Word stories. stories! We're a brand new podcast distributed by the LAS Podcast Network in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. New episodes every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you can find your podcast. Okay, I think that was a good take. Wait, no. Why does this keep happening?
1: L.A.S.
2: Hey there, child of mine. I'm, I'm, I'm not your child No, but the listener might be Oh, God, I always forget that you're talking to them and not Talking made. to the invisible right. audience We're
1: sitting across from one another, but yet we're not speaking to one another
2: Correct, I'm speaking to you, dear listener, out in your in your car, working out in your garden Wherever you are At the today. gym That's
1: where we're Getting like, ripped Like getting swole <laughs> Listening to podcasts about dads That really is
2: motivating for me
1: What, you know? like going to the gym? Go- <laughs> going to the... <laughs> When
2: have you ever seen me in a gym?
1: I've never been to a gym. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, wow. Yeah, but I've never seen you one there. Those words did not go together in the order (laughs) that I intended.
2: We're off to a good start. Welcome to From One Dad to Another. This is the weekly podcast, part of the LAS Podcast Network, where I, Logan Adam Schultz, along with my good friend Tim Riven... That's me. ...chat with each other and with guests and with you about all things related to modern parenthood. Mm-hmm. and here we are again another episode
1: and we're still participating in modern parenthood <laughs> believe it or not it doesn't leave it or not it doesn't go away i can't shake it i know it's not like a cold right <laughs> you think you have a cold nope you have a child just
2: gotta sleep this child off <laughs> <laughs> hmm i don't i don't really like that was awkward that was weird that was i awkward. don't know why Well, this is the quality content that you can be sure you're going to get every single week. So make sure that you check in with us every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Tim, I I warned you a few hours ahead of time that I wanted to talk about food today. Yep. Um, Because there's a good reason why. I was... Hungry. (laughs) Well, true. Um, Always. Right. And uh, I feel like food has been a constant struggle... Um, in my household, both when I was younger and also now, um, again, with Liam as a, as a stepchild, food always seems to be something that's difficult because you don't like, always like it, you don't always want it, you don't yeah. always eat it. And or you do
1: a, want something and it's, and it's in an inappropriate time. You can't eat a whole turkey at bedtime <laughs> like
2: that. I mean, something like that. I mean, that's a really niche problem. Right. And maybe that's like everyone. a new problem. Yeah. Specifically. Maybe. I do love turkey. So. Uh, We, this came up, I came up with this idea last night because we went to, um, the Asian market that's down on first, uh, first Avenue Southwest across the river. Okay. I've never been there before. It's massive. I've never been there. Um, well, you're going to get to try some stuff from the Asian market today. I do love food from all over the world. I don't know how much you've dabbled into Asian snacks, but we're going to try a few today because they're strange. They're just very different. Excellent. Then I think a lot of what we have around here. And so we're going to snack on those. We're going to try them. And, and I thought today we could chat about how different families and different parents approach food and eating, especially with younger children. I think Very
1: cautiously. Food can be dangerous. So you have to like, you know, be wary. Like
2: cook it all the way through? or Yeah. Like let it sniff your hand
1: <laughs> before you try and pet it. <laughs> That's what I meant. You're bringing good energy today. I like it. Yeah. Well, let me show you what I brought. Yeah. Show me your snacks.
2: All right. So. That's a nice
1: bag. That is a the recyclable city of, Cedar Rapids. city of Cedar Rapids.
2: That's right. It was what I had in the car. Very it's well great. thought out. It's good to recycle. So I can't actually read these boxes, but I can well, tell it's you English, oh, it's, on, the it's English on the other side. It's so English on the other side. So read that side. These are Euro cakes, and these are banana. So Euro cakes from Asia.
1: Correct. Is So is it. So you. Well, I don't know. Do we know what uh, where they're produced and what that language is there?
2: Uh, no, I actually don't. Um, but they... You didn't do your research. Well, no. You just no. bought the Euro cakes. Liam actually picked these out. Oh, excellent. Yeah. So um, we're going to try these. They kind of look like almost like Twinkies, like kind of round. They do. Round they're ca- kind of
1: like uh, like snowballs, the hostess yep.
2: snowballs, yep. but there's no like coconut on them. This is what I actually went to the Asian market for. It was my idea. You've already eaten half of it. What is that? Yep, these are mochi.
1: Okay, People I had mochi I before. Keep, no, but I keep hearing about it. Didn't Michelle Obama do something with mochi?
2: Did Maybe. she? Or
1: or, it, or am I confusing that? Didn't she do like a like a TV show or like she hangs out mochi? with mochi? I don't know.
2: Oh, she did like a children's show, but yeah. I don't think it was. Or did she write a book? Maybe I don't know. Like Max in with mochi. Can our producer Alex look up a little bit about? Please do that
1: because I might have just made that up. Just type in Michelle Obama Mochi. Hey guys,
0: uh, so in reality, Obama is Michelle Obama is the uh, executive producer and star of the new TV series Waffles Plus Mochi on Netflix. Okay, oh, great.
1: I did. She helped develop the series through
0: up. her multimedia studio, Higher Ground Productions, co-founded by her husband, first name Barack. Does, I've heard of him. <laughs> yeah. I feel like yeah, it
2: rings a bell. Yeah. Um, He's so a is it about? mochi is it like food oh man you're asking me for a lot it's about waffles and mochi well it's really interesting to me because waffles plus mochi oh plus plus so we were taking my little sister down to iowa city she just accepted and is going to the university of iowa in the Mm -hmm. fall so we took her down there we took my grandmother down as well and, and checked out the city and we found this little asian market in um that that mall that's right downtown right actually on campus right there the ped mall no no, that's the the sidewalk that's uh, just like the strip there's uh, an actual like the the indoor
1: one that like um it looks abandoned it looks like it's been there since the 70s and like it's (laughs) it's fallen on hard times and it has like a like an atm it it
2: felt a little empty in there yeah yeah it usually does yep um but this shop in particular was very cool and they recommended mochi to me um and so i wanted to find and try some different ones so i have a melon mochi and uh uh, lychee mochi. I believe that's right. Okay. Um, so we're going to try those. Great. Those are weird. And I don't even know. I mean,
1: even I'm looking at the boxes, I still don't know what mochi is. Is it candy? Is it cake? Is it sweet? Is it savory? I don't know. I'm going to find out, though. You're going to find out. Because you're going to
2: feed it to me. Um, I don't want to give away too much. And then this last one was recommended to me, but I haven't tried it yet. And these are soft flour cake. But when you look at them, they look like a like, like a, a weird giant Rice crispy, treat. Kind of treat. like a weird Rice crispy treat. Yeah. Kind of, yeah.
0: By the way, super cool idea for this show that I keep reading about now. It's a food travelogue starring puppets.
2: That's, That's what, fantastic. The Michelle Obama show. That's
0: what the Michelle Obama waffles plus mochi is.
2: Can we turn the dad podcast
1: into that? We can. We can actually just have two puppets that are voiced by us. We know a guy. <laughs> right. We can make that happen. So we'll just have two puppets that are actually doing exactly what. Matter of fact, let's just make that change right now. I love it. All right. We are now
2: puppets.
1: (laughs) The listener wouldn't know the difference. Correct. Also, the Euro cakes are from Thailand. I looked it up. Oh, did you? Yeah, just on the box. It's a product of Thailand.
2: (laughs) Oh, excellent. I didn't have to use Google. Good. Um, And the, the soft flour cakes are a product of Taiwan. All right, so there you go. We're getting closer. Let's start with the Euro Cake because I think that's going to be the most familiar.
1: And then I'm gonna. You want to get in on this, Alex?
0: Oh heck yeah! Open up,
1: open up that door, and I'll throw it at you. Catch it. Well, he tried. You couldn't see it, but his hand was inside a puppet, so he couldn't actually catch. I was too busy controlling you. That's right.
2: So, coming back to food and, and to being a dad, um, I feel like I was not very adventurous. I was not an adventurous eater yeah. when I was growing up. And Liam really isn't either. But we took him to this Asian market, and he's gotten really interested in, in ramen and uh, different types of Asian food. A lot of it comes from his current obsession with Naruto ah um which i never watched
1: pronounced naruto
2: (laughs) it's definitely not and that's a common discussion point amongst our friend group. i've been corrected
0: um logan's definitely right on this one
1: yeah no i definitely know that you knew
0: that going in have
1: you watched
2: that show
0: a few episodes but no i I never really got into naruto
1: that's another
2: episode we have to have is relating how how, how to to run
1: like naruto anime
2: um (laughs) <laughs> Keep an eye on our Facebook page Maybe you'll see Tim running <laughs> Running Doing the Naruto Storming
0: run. Area 51 Yes
2: I love it Yeah,
0: As a Naruto runner
2: Let's take a bite of these really quick Okay What's
0: going
1: on? Boy Chewing in front of a microphone
0: Sucks
2: <laughs> I like it Yeah it's not bad It really is Twinkie-esque
0: Yeah It, it, it tastes it's softer, soft
2: softer though Yeah it's fluffy Did you say it tastes cheap? It tastes cheap Yes Yeah
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, it's, so it's fine. So that's one thing that I learned is when you are seeking out Asian foods and authentic Asian snacks and things like this, the cheapest way to get them is from these markets because they're direct from the manufacturer as opposed to any sort of, you know, second or third party interaction that occurs often in our American food market.
0: Getting them shipped. Right. Yeah. Right. So just to describe it though, mm-hmm. so it's like a spongy sponge cake. It's a spongy sponge cake. Spongy sponge cake. Um, not to be confused with the spongy sponge Bob, but yeah. yes, spongy sponge cake with a, a, what, what, what is this? Uh, it's a
2: banana filling, banana right? Filling. But it almost okay. doesn't
1: even look like it was filled. It was like they just poured it and it soaked into the middle. Like it just soaked into the cake and then they put more of it on top.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And it's also weird because it's it's sort of deceptive. Like, it feels really moist when you're eating it. Right. But then when you're done, you're like, nope, that was dry. I do feel like I need a drink yeah. after that. Yeah, it it's really strange. It's
0: weird. I'm still holding part of mine, and it's, like, wet. And I don't know why because it's been in this dry packaging <laughs> for...
1: <laughs> well, maybe your hands are sweating.
0: <laughs> it's, why is everything it's I hold...
2: all of the pressure of eating Euro cakes <laughs> from Thailand. Let's try these next ones. All right. Um... What do you remember about your eating habits growing up? Um, I don't remember being
1: especially picky. I always just loved food. I loved eating. Um, There were certain things that I didn't really like, uh, which as a kid was most vegetables, but I was never really required to eat many. Sure. My my parents didn't, or my mom, uh, did the majority of the cooking, um in terms of like big family cooking but she didn't really make a whole lot of vegetables although there was green beans i always liked green beans and i liked peas
2: yeah i feel like green beans were were pretty standard in my household as well i eat a lot of canned spinach when i was young oh not me i would like eat it straight as a snack salt I on wanted
1: it. to like that i wanted to be popeye i wanted to squeeze <laughs> that's the probably can, where i got it from yeah have it like fly across the room into my mouth and then I would go,, <laughs> but I was never Popeye., um, and right. it's probably because I wouldn't eat me spinach, probably.
0: <laughs> Popeye had to have gotten a lot of kids to eat spinach, though.
1: I probably. I mean, Popeye was just a marketing ploy for spinach.
0: <laughs> Did the spinach capitalist council invent Popeye?
2: Probably. will is your youngest child. Correct. Does will know who Popeye is? I don't
1: think so. I would be surprised. Um, I was a big reader of like comic books and not comic books, comic strips. I actually, I did. We're making a lot of noise with these giant rice crispy. Oh, that's treats. how they know we're
2: actually eating the right. stuff.
1: Well, I mean, no, it's the the sound of us eating them and like lean back a little bit. Jeez. Oh, I'm right up on this, <laughs> um, you, but no, you, like I, it's I, ASMR. Yeah, I was gonna say, what is. do you think
0: about the packaging?
1: Uh, well, that it's was definitely tough. different. That was tough to get in actually yeah
2: yeah so this these really are like a they look like a crunchier rice krispie treat kind of they're they're fairly large and they came in a sticks pack in a large kind of clear orange packaging but they're all individually wrapped as well about
0: the size of a deck of cards they don't need a little
2: bigger they
1: don't smell sweet they kind of smell like egg rolls
0: i was gonna say what does it smell like
1: kind of like an egg roll to me let's give this a shot all right, cheers. Back away Back away from the microphone.
0: I'm going to chew it right into the mic. Mm. It's stuck everywhere in my mouth.
1: It kind of feels like it should be sweet, and it's not as sweet as it feels like it should be, because it's not a Rice Krispie Treat. It feels
2: like it's almost a Rice Krispie Treat.
1: It is, but I think we have probably been tainted by the fact that in the United States we put five times as much sugar in everything as anyone else in the rest of the world does.
2: Sure. Childhood obesity, speaking about parenthood and, and children, is a huge uh, epidemic in the United States. No pun I know. intended. It's huge. Oh, uh, I, I was like I
0: epidemic. Was a, <laughs> I was a big kid. I get to say it.
1: <laughs> Bring it back to Michelle Obama when uh, her husband, when Michelle Obama's husband was uh, in government. Michelle Obama's like big initiative as first lady was like childhood obesity and um, lunch lunch reform.
2: I don't know if that's exactly what it was what it was called, but um, I mean, we all are familiar with the stereotype that school lunches are not great. Yeah, I feel like they've gotten better though.
1: I I think heard that school lunches have probably been replaced by vending machines. Like, there's still a cafeteria, but people just go to the vending machines, and then they go to the cafeteria. That's disappointing. I'm guessing, though, because I haven't really been in a cafeteria for many, many years. If
2: that's true, that's a little heartbreaking. Although,
1: I I did that. I would would get $3 a day for lunch, and Mountain Dew cost 50 cents a can, and I would buy six Mountain Dews (laughs) for lunch when I was in high school. Unless... There were leftover hot dogs from the day before because they would sell them for a quarter. So then I would spend $1 on hot dogs and only have four Mountain Dews on those days.
2: That's. Uh, do you remember back when you were young, like middle school, even high school, and you could just eat and drink whatever you wanted and it didn't oh, really matter? Yeah.
1: I remember that, actually. No. I remember being able to do that all <laughs> the way through like my 20s. Uh.
0: No. <laughs>
1: but no. You
2: didn't have that experience? It,
1: no, that wasn't.
0: It wasn't until they put me on Adderall for my ADHD that I started to finally lose weight because my appetite was gone, but I never remember like I mean I ate a lot of food, but it started to show very quickly.
1: No, I I was I was kind of a kind of a chubby kid all the way up until probably puberty. And maybe I wasn't that chubby, I don't remember. I didn't look at a lot of pictures of myself at that point, but um like i do now all the time <laughs> just viewing my selfies
0: we're all just looking at pictures um, of tim
1: right well you know it's a hobby um for it's lots a, to a look life. at pictures of tim it's a yeah. lifestyle yeah yeah it is it's a lifestyle uh but no i remember being feeling like a chubby kid all the way up until puberty and then i kind of stretched out i grew really tall really fast um in ninth grade, I was the same height as I am now, so it was like kind of like uh, like promising me something that wasn't ever going to come to fruition. It was like, "You're going to be so tall, and now I'm below
2: average height. so i was I, I always had crazy curly hair. all right. That's a very identifying feature if you know me at all. Um, but when I was younger, I was identified because I was really fairly thin and had giant curly hair. and so you were sideshow, Bob pretty similar pretty similar yep um but I really ate whatever I wanted and that Mm -hmm. became really problematic yeah my my parents weren't particularly strict about eating habits um eating healthy or well-balanced meals was not a big priority in my family Mm -hmm. um looking back on it uh, you know I think part of it was just them and their relationship with food but part of it was also that we had less money than I think we had, or I thought that we had at the time, um, and looking back, I can see that now, and I think they did a good job of making sure we always had plenty of food and had what we needed, but it, they didn't focus on healthy, yeah. right? And also, I mean, our, our perception of healthy food was different then than it is now, Sure, right? The food pyramid was still a thing back then, <laughs> um, and it's certainly not now. Is
1: it not? What? Yep. Is it the food octagon?
2: No, they've really gone away from the food pyramid. I mean, they used to really recommend lots and lots of grains and pasta. That was the big bottom of the food pyramid, and that's not I had really forgotten that. the oh, yeah. recommendation anymore. Uh, yeah, Marnie and I were having this conversation uh, a month or so ago.
0: We eat so much pasta now as
2: adults. Maybe. So I, I developed really bad eating habits, and I never really changed them or got out of them. I didn't really have the need to. Yeah. I mean, even when you and I met, mm-hmm. you know, fairly on in my life, the uh, college, end of college time, I was still super thin and You were eating very, whatever. very skinny when yep. I first met you. And uh, that's no longer the case. because right. You are was now crap. like a, you were super
1: skinny. You are now like a normal American adult male.
2: And I could stand to lose some weight, right? That's, I think I'm not. We can all stand to lose some weight. Sure. Um, You're beautiful. But my relationship with food can be a challenge sometimes. I, I still struggle with eating healthy and eating well balanced. And you've been on a really interesting journey with that recently as well.
1: Yeah. And, but also I've always had a weird relationship with food, um, after a certain point, I think after, after being a teenager, like, so I also would just kind of eat whatever I wanted to. I didn't have, um, there were, you know, my parents didn't force me to eat a lot of vegetables, um, because they just didn't eat. My dad ate them, but he was the only one. Everybody understood my dad's the only one eating Brussels sprouts. Uh, so he ate an entire thing of Brussels sprouts. Um, but like post, post high school and all of that, I, I had a really like really negative self image and it was really tied up in food. Yeah. Um, and in college I actually, and I don't think it was related to anything specifically having to do with food in childhood, but I, um, I struggled with an eating disorder for, uh, for a, a good bit of time. And that has colored my relationship to food for the rest of my adult life, um, but I don't know, I don't think I picked that up in childhood. I think there were other things that potentially caused it, but it's but the the way you view food, the way food is presented to you, or the way you see the results of how you look or how you feel after eating, I think can have like really serious influence on how you proceed with food for the rest of your life. So I've gone back and forth. Like I've been a vegetarian for, you know, periods of time. And then I've gone completely in the opposite direction. It's like, give me all the meat. Right. Um, but I've swung back and forth and back and forth and back and forth on that. And I've only finally recently, I think probably developed maybe my healthiest, um, relationship with food. And that was a very conscious effort, and it's all about nutrition now. It's not about avoiding things. It's not about, um, uh, it's not about like starving myself. I eat plenty of food. I get plenty of calories, but
2: my you're not doing like a fad diet or anything. No, that no, ready, it's, right? it's, That's not, it's yeah.
1: I, I'm and I'm not a vegetarian or a vegan or anything like that. Um, but I have broadened what I eat, and I focus on eating more nutritious stuff. And that has done me really, really well. Um, and for the first time in my life, I've actually lost a good bit of weight, but I feel stronger and I don't like, feel shame associated with it, yeah. um, which is something that uh, I can't really say was the case you know, over the last however many 25 years of my relationship with food. I don't know how much of that has to do with food growing up because I can't really identify anything. But I know in talking to other people who have in the past struggled with eating disorders and stuff like that, for a lot of people it is. It's, it's, it's tied to parents withholding food or telling right. them that they shouldn't eat things. And uh, so I was always very co- uh, conscious of that, like growing up with the kids on trying to make sure that their relationship with food wasn't in any way tied into who they were or their self-worth or anything like that. Because it was it was something that, it was a danger that I could see um, in other people. And I had my own experience with kind of the negative side effects of, of feeling that way about food. Um, but what I can't do is I can't really tie it back to, you know, to what me growing up or anything like that. Because, and maybe it was, maybe my parents would like, you know, like, make me eat vegetables in the middle of the night when I was asleep and I didn't know and... and, uh, Inject it into your veins. Right, right. direct into my veins and, you know, here, have some Brussels sprout juice and shame. (laughs) Uh, You know, I don't think that's the case. Right. Um, But, yeah, as a parent, I always kind of took what my relationship with food was and I tried to avoid anything that might potentially inflict that same kind of thing on the kids. And I've never been told from the kids that, um, that they had any kind of unhealthy relationship with
2: food or viewed it as anything other than sustenance, I guess. Sure. I think that I appreciate you telling us all of that. I think those those are really valuable stories. And I want to dive even a little bit deeper into what our relationship as parents is to our kids' relationship with Mm -hmm. food and what that responsibility is. Um, but let's take a break yeah. before we dive into that. Let's check in with our sponsors. I think we're going to hear a couple of trailers for other shows on the network. We are an independent podcast network in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. So please consider checking us out and supporting us, laspodcastnetwork.com. And if you want to get some Bonus content, bonus episodes of this show, and other great things. Check out patreon.com slash LAS Podcast Network. Become a member. But like I said, let's hear a couple of trailers uh, for other shows in the network. And when we come back, we're going to chat a little bit more about food and responsibility. Brussels sprout juice. And we're going to try this last snack that we have as well. Perfect. So stay tuned.
0: From One Dad to Another is brought to you by...
2: We back in?
0: Welcome back. Hello. You're back in. Welcome back, gentlemen. Well, I
1: should stop eating this banana Euro cake. Yeah, you've eaten like 20 of them. What are you doing? I know. I'm so full. Gosh. And my mouth is so dry. So dry. (laughs) Dry like a banana desert. (laughs) Is that all you got? Is that your best work?
2: I don't know, man. It's Uh, been a long week. Yeah, that's fine. It has been a long week. Um, So I appreciate you being here with me. Um, We're going to try this mochi in a moment. I wanted to tell you what it is, um, because this is the weirdest one, yeah. in my opinion. Okay. And this is what we discovered last time. It's what I went to the Asian market to find. Um, I see that there's fruit of yep. some sort. I mean, I see some raspberries or strawberries. So actually, the ones that I got last time were even sweeter than these ones. These or ones maybe, are a little bit a, less sweet.
1: No, those are, those are berries that don't exist in nature, I think.
2: They're, they're le- lychee. Oh. Oh. Okay. Does that sound familiar?
1: Maybe no. Not okay, at all.
2: great. Um, mochi is a Japanese rice cake. Um, very glutiny with water and sugar and cornstarch. Okay. Um, and then the inside is a bean paste, but the bean paste is designed to to be specific kind of flavors. Okay. Like fruity flavors. Like what kind of bean? I I, I don't really know. Um, not like see. Heinz baked bean paste. Like no, strawberry no. baked beans. Although there are some like, I mean, there's some more savory ones. Yeah, um, certainly some sweeter ones. I generally gravitate towards the sweeter kind of fruitier ones. Um, and then there's also like mochi ice cream is very popular. We have some in the freezer. I haven't tried it yet. So like it has pieces of mochi in it. It's they're like little balls. And to describe these, they're they kind balls. of like small little dough balls. They almost look like. Okay, here let me pull these out. They look like little dough balls.
1: They look like uncooked sugar cookies.
2: Yeah, kind of. And they have like a powdered sugar on top. Yeah. Or, oh, I don't even know if it's powdered sugar, but flour. Like Turkish Delight. So that's what Marnie said. They're yeah. they're very
1: nuts, But they don't taste... Or they taste like that?
2: You'll have to tell me. I don't know. Uh, I've had Turkish Delight a couple of times. Turkish Delight, I think, is a little bit more firm. Jelly-ish. Yeah, this is... Not um, like jelly,
1: like like Concord grape jelly that you put on your peanut butter. Sure. But gelatinous. Maybe that's the word.
2: Well... Before we dive into this, um, because our producer Alex had to step away, and I definitely want him to try this with us, ah. um, what when we left for the break, um, you were telling us a bit about your relationship with food growing up, yep. and how you passed it on to your children as you were mm-hmm. raising them, or, or rather didn't. Yeah. And or that's, tried, tried not to. Sure. That's something that I really wanted to chat about, because... Certainly, I don't have or I, I wasn't raised with the best relationship with food mm-hmm. in terms of eating balanced food. Um, I do think that I probably struggle with food as a reward, as a comfort, sure, you know, and because uh, it's so good, it's food can be really good. I love yeah. good food, yeah, right? I do too. And uh, you know, we eat out too much, mm-hmm. that's always been a thing in my life is eating out too much, yeah. and that's certainly most of the time is not healthy, um, or the most healthy for you, especially if you do it so much. And, uh, and I worry about passing along bad eating habits or perpetuating that cycle of bad eating habits, um, with Liam and, and our future daughter as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, it's,
1: I always just, uh, I, you, you forget as a parent, you know, like you know, did I, 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 I texted the kids just like I normally do before the show. And I yeah. ask them a couple of questions Which and I was great. just like, all right. So were there foods that you loved or hated as kids? Uh, were there things that we made you eat that you didn't want to, um, and things that you wanted that we wouldn't let you have? Um, I mean, just kind of those three questions. And I, I personally couldn't think of, I couldn't even guess what their answers would be. Um, so Michaela, my uh, middle daughter, uh, she said, I hated when we had sausage and sauerkraut. Um, and, and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, we would make that. Autumn said, I loved when we had sausages and sauerkraut. <laughs> so, so already there was, a, there was an element of compromise there. Um, apparently Kayla didn't like canned peas, um, but she liked when we had Salisbury steak and tuna patties. Not in the same meal. But with tuna patties oh, was a thing that we—that's we a would, really unique meal, yeah. Tim. Uh, Chef Tim. But tuna patties was a thing that we would. It was kind of like if you imagine making hamburgers and you mix in like you know crackers and stuff that you might make gourmet hamburgers or something. We would do that with tuna. Yeah. Um, and so Autumn said I loved when we had sausage and sauerkraut. Also, when we had tuna patties, tuna casserole, taco night. And so in reading through this, I'm like, oh, okay, we actually did like a lot of diverse meals because we, we, I always enjoyed cooking. So I, I liked cooking. Um, and, uh, the kid's mom, you know, she's, she's a good cook and, uh, yeah. I don't know if she enjoys cooking as much, um, as I do. Um, Adam did say, I remember sitting at the table for a while once because I wasn't allowed to get up until I ate my peas, yep. okay. which I hated, but now I love them.
2: That's such a really, I think it's a really common thing is like, you have to take so many bites of this portion of your meal, right? You have to eat some of your vegetables. We compromise with Liam often around, you know, you have to eat half of your vegetables here. Yeah. All right. You have to eat some of this because we're pushing for somewhat of a well-balanced meal. But I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, frankly.
1: The only memory I have of experiencing something like that as a kid was steak. I did not like steak when I was a kid. And we, would, we wouldn't have it very often. Right.
2: Like a maniac.
1: Right. Well, and it, it wasn't like we were having like these nice cuts of steak. I sure. mean, we also didn't grow up with very much money. So we would have cheaper cuts of steak. Um, and I would sit there and I would chew that steak until there was no juice left in it. And I'd be left with just this dried jerky in my mouth. Ugh. And I would sit there and then my parents would eventually relent and let me get up and go spit it out in the toilet um and that's the only if for whatever reason i freaking hated steak i love it now sure um but i don't like well done steak and, and talking to my parents as an adult apparently that's how that's how they used to cook it is they would cook oh. it well done and so apparently that's why i didn't like steak that's definitely
2: not either of our preferred no no
1: let let, let it steak. bleed <laughs> i i i want it i want it to still be bleeding um and then it, one one of the things that i would say about my my youngest child will um, when Will was diagnosed as a type 1 diabetic at the age of seven, oh, sure, that completely changed how we manage food. And one of the things they told us in the hospital uh, that the doctors told us was that boys have a tendency to struggle more with, um, with diabetes, especially once they become teenagers. And one of the worst things that you can do as a parent is, um, withhold food from them like say well you're a diabetic you can't have that sweet thing Um, because as a parent i will tell you when you are faced with suddenly you have a child who cannot uh, process the blood glucose in the same way that that you can um, it's terrifying and your first thought is all right well we just won't let you have cake and pie and candy and all of those things because we don't want you to die Right. Um, but they did tell us, they were like, you know, resist that urge. Just start with the habit of, of doing the corrections and administering the, uh, the insulin in order to combat it, but not to develop a kind of a, a withholding of, of food um, for the perceived benefit of being healthier when in reality it, it can um, help or it can uh, contribute to kids developing a really a, kind of a poor. Relationship with uh, with food because they feel like they have to sneak it, and then it, it turns into terrible management stuff. So that was something we never had to deal with with the girls, um, but then with Will, suddenly we had this whole new frontier of food management that, and that will happen for the rest of their life. You know, for for Will, Will will never not be a type one diabetic, right? Until we find a cure for it, um, but until that time, it's a constant management thing, and it's constant management of both administering medicine and also like managing and correcting for the food that, you know, that they eat. And that's a, that's a whole different kind of element that we couldn't have, you know, kind of, uh, that not everybody has to, has, has to experience. Uh, And that's a, that's a challenge. So,
2: yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense to me because just that idea of withholding food and then building this, um, almost unconscious relationship around sneaking it or mm-hmm. i definitely snuck food mm-hmm. when i was younger um sneaking sweets and i i definitely feel like that develops some bad habits for me in yeah. terms of how i think about sweet food and sugary food and i i'm guarantee i have a sugar addiction <laughs> just like most of america i i assume right yeah um but yeah it, exasperating that um difficult relationship with being diabetic, yeah, I think can be really, really challenging.
1: Well, and it, you know, again, uh, you know, there's this constant theme of you never really know if you're doing things right as a parent, right? Um, but I think the kind of the through line to that is you always have to sort of be vigilant about analyzing your own actions and, uh, you know, kind of trying to learn from mistakes or figuring out what uh, what worked or uh, and what didn't, and and kind of following through with that. Um, but yeah, it, is, uh, it, it can be a challenge, and you know, as parents, we just have such a huge influence on the direction or the, the things that our kids internalize, um, and when it comes to food, you know, food is what sustains us and lets us be healthy and live a, uh, a long, full life, and so we have a lot of responsibility for uh, not screwing that up for, for kids, not teaching them the wrong things. Uh, and it's, uh, it's a, it's a big responsibility that starts as soon as, you know, as soon as the, you're start feeding that baby. Sure. Right? Yeah. Um, and you kind of have to figure, figure that out as you go along and every kid is different, which doesn't make
2: it easier. I think that's all really, really insightful. Um, and I appreciate you sharing all that. I, you've given me a lot to think about. I'm interested to go back and analyze, A little bit more what we eat on a regular basis, how we Mm -hmm. approach making food at home versus eating out, um, and all of those different elements. Um, But I'm really excited to try this mochi now that Alex is back with us. And uh, I believe Jake Trumper is here as well. Jake is here? Either
1: that or Alex is just talking to to himself.
0: One of our other hosts, Jake, is here. Jake Jake Trumper,
1: host of Historically Inaccurate. He doesn't have a microphone right now, but he will. Thank you. He's oh, waving quite gosh. a bit. These are heavy. They're really strange. Yeah, like it kind of feels like one of those stress balls.
0: Yeah, or a hacky sack. You're gonna have one, right? A
1: hacky sack. A yeah, Jake hacky has to sack. have one too. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right, but we're all gonna try it together. Right, try it together. Oh, it, is it gonna like squirt in my mouth? No. Okay. <laughs> no. All right. <laughs> okay, just let's give it only a only shot. Only if you want it to. Too. One, right. two, three. Oh, I'm not supposed to put it all in my mouth.
0: That's where. Hmm. That's the thing. There, are, these are all textures that we don't have here.
2: It's very different. I've never had anything like this before. Is it? Kind of, and like I said, the ones that I had before were a little sweeter. This one's a little less sweet, so more subdued. It's like cheap cucumber flavor. bubble gum.
0: It is kind of like cucumber like, bubble gum, like
1: bubble gum that you're chewing up, but it starts to fall apart, um, and then you're like, oh, I
2: got to get another it piece. D- it does have kind of a bubble gummy flavor, but then it kind of just goes away.
0: It it. It feels like a toy in my hand. That's yeah. the weird part about it. This, this. It's odd. Stress ball that I'm holding that's filled with some
2: sort of gel. And it's very pasty. Jake is very obviously not a fan. He's making it. Covered
0: a, in powdered sugar.
2: Yeah. I, I actually. Love mine it. was covered in cocaine. <laughs> so
0: that, I think. That was different. Jake,
1: hop on real quick.
0: The aftertaste is kind of killing me.
1: Yeah. Oh, really? It's I like melon. Like it. How did you eat the Well, because it's melon-flavored. So, Like, you ate all of it. Yeah, but I didn't know that that was wrong. I, just, <laughs> I don't think out. there's a wrong way. I mean, way. I committed to it. Um, but it had the weird pasty thing. Like, I felt like if I had, like, instead of swallowing it, if I just, like, kept chewing it for a really long time and then spit it out. It would just turn into steak. No. <laughs> I could probably, like, like, spackle drywall with it. It was really, like, weirdly... (laughs) It's very
2: gluten-y, right? Both of your descriptions are disgusting. (laughs) Mine was a callback, for Uh, the record. It was. Got it. You may have missed it when you were gone.
0: I was letting Jake in, and I missed it.
1: Yeah. My hands are still covered in cocaine.
2: All right. Well, (laughs) we'll let you go. Take care of that. Um, Thank you for trying my Asian market food experience. Thanks for the mochi. Uh, Next time
1: I want waffles and Michelle Obama.
2: (laughs) I can definitely do one of those things. Waffles are, Waffles are hard to make. Waffles are hard. Again, this has been from one dad to another. Oh, love that song. That's a great song. Thank I you. I wish I had written it. Um, speaking of which, to a quick plug, because you you're a musician and you're you're playing stuff soon. I am. Yeah. So my
1: band, uh, the Bamboozlers, we are playing on June fifth at uh, the Tangled Wood in um, Bettendorf or Bettendorf, Guttenberg I don't know, one of those, Bettendorf, it's on the internet Guten Tag, uh, good, <laughs> guten Tag. <laughs> um, But much later than that um, kind of late in the summer we're going to be playing around Cedar Rapids, we will play the Surf Ballroom in Clear Lake, uh, kind of the if you know Buddy Holly and the Winter Dance Party and all of that, that's yep. the home of that um, and then I'll also play some solo acoustic stuff around so you can just look me up On the old internets.
2: I was going to say, Tim Riven. Yep. People can find
1: R-I-V-E-N.
2: Yep. I love it. Well, thank you for being on this episode with me. Yeah, thank you for inviting me,
1: as always. Of
2: course. Thank you to our producer, Alex, and Jake for trying some fun food with us.
0: Thanks for letting us join you. That was uh, super tasty, and now I have the deep pain.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You You can't have a sensitive stomach and eat mochi.
2: Guess not. From One Dead to Another is part of the LAS Podcast Network, uh, produced and distributed right here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. If you'd like some bonus episodes, bonus content, uh, get involved, get engaged with the show, uh, you can visit Patreon.com slash LASPodcastNetwork and uh, support us there. New episodes come out every Wednesday. Every week. Every week. Every Wednesday of every week. Right.
1: Every week has a Wednesday. So far. So far, until it doesn't. Right. And if we miss a Wednesday, then you'll miss a podcast, but we'll come back the next
2: week. That's right. Apple Podcast, Spotify, all those great places. I think that's it. Tim, good episode. Thank you for. Thank you Thanks for being here. Yeah. See ya. See you later, everybody.
0: Support local creators at patreoncom Podcast Network. L-A-S.